Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Well, it's truly a uh, pleasure to be here this morning. Pastor Greg, thank you. It's not a small thing when somebody is godly, experienced, and such an incredible Bible teacher, it's Greg Denham, to be able to step up into his pulpit, even though it's pretty economy. <laughs> I've seen better. <clears throat> but at least I can throw these. <clears throat> No, it's, uh, I remember when he was at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa speaking, and, um, you know, he, he, he had that season, those of you that remember, he was just the guy up there, right, doing the deal with evangelism, and uh, I walked up to him, and I was, first time I met him, I, if I, I was like, hey, hi, I'm Victor, I don't even remember my last name, <laughs> but uh, I just got out of the Marine Corps, and and I'm I'm going in ministry, and I really was just like that. And I remember Greg, he's speaking to everybody, just looked at me and said, Victor? It, it sounded like a drill instructor. And he's so nice, but yet so, huh? He goes, the most important thing you could do for your ministry in God is walk in purity. Then he turned around and walked away. <clears throat> Okay, I never forgot it, never forgot it, so I quickly got married. <clears throat> I had five children. We remedied that right away. Uh, speaking of children, yes, thank you for the reference to, uh, we have a new grandbaby, and I want to thank friends that are here. Uh, my father-in-law is here, Tom, good to see you. And uh, we share that little baby in common. And I've got some of my kids here. I've got longtime friends uh, from Vista, where I got married, met and married my wife, got married. And uh, advisory board member friends from Orange County. So it's just good to see all of y'all. And are we streaming this thing? Okay. Later. All right. Well, those of you who are watching it later, hello. (laughs) On the internet. (laughs) <laughs> the World Wide Web. Uh, so last night, uh, we had an incident, uh, a little emergency with my daughter who just gave birth to this little baby, and uh, she ended up in the ER room. So we appreciate your prayers uh, for this. There's a, a few complications in her recovery. Uh, they wanted to do kind of emergency surgery last night for her, and she goes, nope, I'm going home. <laughs> so she came home, <laughs> I was like, Take after your mom. <clears throat> so we got to get her just to kind of calm down and, you know, throw her back and relax a little. But uh, I had I had grandpa duty last night. And you know what I forgot? Everything. <laughs> I forgot how, because we have a brand new, not a week old, so, and, and then a little, not toddler. It, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. I mean, you got to be strategic. <clears throat> you got to execute well. You got to have resources. 
you got to have team effort. <laughs> Me and my wife, and, and, you know, you get one down patting them, and then the other, one. <clears throat> I'm just like, okay, this is pop smoke. I got to go. I'm out. Uh, no. I, I hung in there. But, wow, God bless parenting. Uh, that's all I got to say. Brother, what's up? So, uh, anyway, you want to see a little picture? I don't, there she is, that's last night, that's, that's, <clears throat> everybody always wants to know our grandchildren's name, well, we don't tell it for privacy, so I call her grandbaby number four, <laughs> we, we have all granddaughters right now, how's that, four granddaughters, love it, uh, so yeah, I did get panicked at one point, because it was like, I don't know what Okay, she's fed. I don't, Eileen, I don't know what to do. She's like, honey, it's okay. All right, just, and she took over. <laughs> so I think that was around 12 or 1. So it was a long night, but it was a good one. So today I want to visit with y'all, and that's what we do. We visit. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm not a great expository teacher, because uh, you got one. But I like to visit like you'd come into my living room <clears throat> and we fellowship. And this gives us the opportunity to, I mean, any of you follow us on social media? Anybody? Well, there you go. We, we try to make it personal, right? And I got a good staff and I got people that help me, but we put a lot of effort into it. Just recently, I actually opened up a cell texting deal where I can text you. And I do. <laughs> and some of you are like, it's one o'clock. Victor, go to bed. Because <clears throat> it prompts me, are you sure you want to send a text out this late? They're awake in Iraq. <laughs> I literally got, uh, I was texting back and forth with someone from Iran this morning. And uh, all the way even driving there, I had my son text. And, and he basically just said, because uh, he follows us on social media. He goes, is God real? He goes, I, I'm suffering so much. And I just, I pray to him, but I don't think he's real. I don't, and it breaks my heart. I sent him my movie. I text him. I sent him my movie. If you haven't watched it, it's called The Victim March Story. We have it on our website or social media. Uh, it's in 15 languages. So I was able to send it to him in Farsi. <laughs> I had to learn Farsi before I did it. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm Cajun. Okay, I, I don't even know English well. But, <clears throat> <laughs> but you know, that's really the plight of this world right now. People are suffering. People are wondering. You know the biggest question? And he asks it, does God love me? Does God really love me? And there's one scripture that proves it, and it's in John 3.16. That's what I want to share a little bit about today, John 3.16. Some of you know it. Some of you have seen it on TV during the football games. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look at us, quoting the scripture. 
That's pretty powerful. I've been to Iraq so many times and got Muslim friends and dealt with ISIS, and you'd be surprised. There are children who can recite the entire Quran. We get excited, we pull off a verse. <laughs> I'm thinking about myself. God loves this world. He loves this world. Sometimes we forget. Because sometimes we start hating it. Or certain people in it. Or certain groups in it. Especially when people are against us. Or think differently. It's easy to get aggravated. And hate. And stop loving. That's never God's will for us. Not as Christians. It's one of the reasons why humanity is so jacked up. Because we forget that God loves this world. And he calls us to love it too. We don't have to agree with people. We don't have to stand less for justice. Hey, Joseph. See? But we have to love people. Ready for this? Even Democrats. <laughs> How about this for some of you Democrats going, yeah? You even got to love Republicans. Had <laughs> a guy very articulately tell me, because I posted a thing about the new statue being unveiled of, if you saw that's pretty funny. They're pulling the thing down, it's Trump doing a dance. <laughs> I just, I said, I don't care who you are, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta love each other. So how does it become so hateful? The devil, the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our soul. He divides, he causes dissension. Now, I'm not saying we don't stand up for what's right and what we believe, but we got to do it lovingly. Rabbi, that's a hard truth. But the Lord modeled it for us. Look at me. <laughs> I have prayed for ISIS fighters that wanted me dead. Only the power of God can enable me to do that. <laughs> and what I train and teach and leadership and combative, especially in the special operations community, I spoke to a group of people one time. They were battle-hardened. They had just they had just come back. And man, they were hard. And you know the one thing I said that changed the atmosphere in the room? Because I could see the, just, I said, hey, you don't have to hate your enemy to shoot him. <laughs> Look, change this atmosphere right here. <laughs> I punched many bad people smiling at them. The pain still feels the same when you hit them. 
I'm just protecting myself from being hard. Does that make sense? Because in this world, it will make you hard because of the injustices and the things that happen that aren't fair. I tell people, be tough, but don't get hard. And you need to be tough in this world. Can I talk to some Christians who tend to be more passive, thinking it's a form of godliness? Can I narrow it down and talk to some men who you actually won't stand up for nothing except your own selfishness? When it comes time for the Bible, that we stand for the widows and the orphans, when we protect those that are most vulnerable, and you refuse to do it, <clears throat> you border on cowardice right there. Believe me, there's a cowardness and quietness when you should be telling the truth, when it's based on fear. I have people that I have loved and respected for years, decades in ministry that I now have assessed and changed my perspective on the level of trust or respect that I have for them. Because in some of our greatest times, I've seen what they've done under pressure. Now, I just talk, hey, I'll talk about ministry leaders. <clears throat> just because a person has a gift to speak or teach or a big building and a big following, that don't make them a great leader. And it's time for the church to stop following personalities and start following courage. Stop following somebody's gift. Follow courage. Follow somebody who will stand for what's right. Because I believe we're in a funnel in our time in history, a funnel that's getting tighter and tighter. And at the very end, we go to heaven. Some of you gray hairs a little bit further down the, the funnel. <laughs> you get it. <coughs> Some days I wake up, I'm going, whoo, put some coconut oil on me and let me just slide right through. I'm, <clears throat> I'm ready to get it. This body, between the surgeries and the aches, <laughs> I tried playing a little golf yesterday. And you know, you, you still think you got it. I'm up there waggling. And I mean, I think I chipped and broke things <laughs> just in my first swing. <clears throat> I thought the groundskeeper was going to come out there and go, you, you're out. You're out of here. Put it down. <clears throat> but God wants us to love a lost and dying world. But here's that balance. Because some people are lovey-dovey, but then there's no righteousness. If God wasn't righteous, then how do you want us to think of God? When Holly, right here, our team lead, how many of you have known the story about Nora? Nora's a young lady in Cambodia that was horribly abused, raped, battery acid poured on her, her hand cut off by a monster. And you know who was on the team to go rescue her and get her? Holly.
little Orange County blonde-headed girl. <laughs> so sweet. But yet was in prison. Used to run bad things for the Mexican mafia. She has turned a few people inside out. And when she got saved, by and large, the church just didn't, wasn't a good fit for her because she's kind of too radical. Didn't fit. She goes, God, what do you want me to do? He said, go to Cambodia. Never been. Go. Don't speak the language. Go. I'm out of here. <clears throat> How long have you been there? 12 years. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> Holly's run our safe houses down there, so faithful through thick and thin. And at one point, they tried to kill her, bad people. And we had to send in a team. It was just a two-person team, a former SEAL, and then uh, one of my sons to get her and get her out. And she had... She had, it was horrible. She had a pen put in her deal to hold her collarbone together. <clears throat> and she had head trauma and TBI and bleeding on the brain. And the, the missions organization that was supposedly watching after her did nothing. <clears throat> nothing. And somebody said, hey, I heard you do high-risk stuff. There's a real need. This girl, <clears throat> we sent a team right, right away. And she, she, love you, she was jacked up. She couldn't think right. She was a doctor said she would have died. We got her out, brought her. i never forget, my wife said, you bring her to our house. When we flew her in, <laughs> she had this pin poking through her skin. My wife took her right to an orthopedic. He goes, oh, that's not good. He said, if it drops, it'll go right into you. This will kill you. He goes, we have to take it out. She goes, go ahead. Right now. <clears throat> She's tough. <laughs> Boom. Amazing. Holly's also the type of gal that would recover or rescue kids out of sex trafficking, out of the worst places. <laughs> One time a guy, she's going to take, he didn't want it to happen. She said, no, it's going to happen. And the guy went out, she just goes, boom, 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 boom. I'm not taking this one. <laughs> you think there's a place for that in Christianity? We call it laying on of hands. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know who gets heartburn about this often is, <clears throat> is the younger generation because it makes them uncomfortable. And if you are part of a younger generation, <clears throat> it's okay. Uh, your opinion don't make you right. <clears throat> Mine doesn't make me right. The fruit of our lives makes us right. What brings glory to God? What will he do and say, well done, good and faithful servant? I'm so tired of people talking. Man, what about just doing? Can you develop where you hear the Holy Spirit enough to say, you want me to do that? Yes, I do. I remember when I got saved right here in the Marine Corps over at Camp Pendleton. I'm a brand new Marine. 
I didn't even want to tell people I got born again. And I was in the chow hall eating, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, uh, you know, you're trying to get used to God speaking to you. <clears throat> he said, tell him I love him. And I said, that, I rebuked that thought. I don't know. <clears throat> I ain't telling nobody. I could hear the Holy Spirit say, tell him I love him. I looked up, and straight across, all the way to the other side of Chow was this big, swole Marine. He's a bodybuilder and a Marine. A <clears throat> hey, big brother. I was like, nope, not that one. <clears throat> Give me a Navy guy or something. And just <laughs> Give me an admin, dude. No, I, and I said, Lord, <clears throat> oh, I struggled and finally I went, all right. This, gosh. So I got up and I'm heading right toward him. I put my tray down and he walks right out the building. And I went, Lord, your servant was willing. Bless me. <laughs> Guess you just check in my heart. And uh, I, I was kind of proud of myself being all spiritual until I walked out the door and he walked right into me. He had done a circle back and boom, I looked up. <clears throat> he, <clears throat> he looked at me like, one of us is going to move. <laughs> and he was, he was a he-man of the universe. All I did was look at him and go, I got a message from God for you. He goes, what is it? God loves you. And he stepped back. And when you step back, you're creating distance to, you know, typically hurt somebody's feelings. He stepped back. I kind of stepped back. Turns, He goes, thanks. I need to hear that. And he turned and walked off. I was like. I'm spiritual. <laughs> All right, Lord. And you know what? I actually got used to hearing the Holy Spirit and obeying him, and then you get to be part of the blessing, right? No matter what, good, bad, or indifferent, no matter what. And I said, Lord, thank you. It's about love, that God loves this world so much, he's willing to send his own son. Just like I sent my son to Cambodia to get her on a rescue mission, God sent his son to rescue us. Us. By our very nature, we're in rebellion to God. We work so hard at either trying to be nice, but even in our niceness, we fall so short. Some of us have lived extreme lives of things nobody ever thought possible. And the enemy will lie to you and say, you cannot be forgiven. You're not one of those. You forget it. And God's is saying, I love you. I really love you. Watch me show off in your life. So you're addicted. So you're perverted. So you're angry. So you've killed somebody. So you're greedy. So you're a gossiper that can't shut your pie hole. God, what, was that too much? Sorry. <laughs> God can change you from the inside out, not from the outside in. That's miraculous. Some, some lady told me, social media, she said, how can you love your wife so much 
don't you worry you're loving her more than God? Another lady said, I'm single and I'm sick of it. I'm out of here because <laughs> I talk to my wife so much. She's like, where's mine? I don't know. I'm not a dating service. <laughs> but the lady said, aren't you worried about loving God, your wife more than God? That was quick. I just said, impossible. It's because of me loving God and him loving me that I can actually love my wife. You don't know me well enough. I've been separated twice. I have done and said things that are horrific. I can't believe my wife's still with me. She told me, if I go home, she goes, I'm never remarrying. I can tell you I've had all the marriage I want. <laughs> I said, okay. She's like, you? How, how old am I if I, no. <laughs> God loves this world. I think as a Christian, some of you need to understand the season we are in moving forward. God wants to use you in different ways. Maybe you didn't get used a lot in the last 5, 10, 20 years. We're in a different season. Do you understand? The funnel is closing in. You'll be surprised on who God raises up. Like I said earlier, there's some people that I've respected that I don't hold a lot of respect for anymore because I've seen how they act and what they did in hard times. And we have made pastors and Christian celebrities something they ought not be. They're just part of the body of Christ. But we've made this people to think that this is it. This ain't it. Go back to my child care ministry. <laughs> I hear enough of people saying, we're going to take our country back. I'm like, you better sign up for children's ministry before you start... <laughs> We, we can't even fill up a roster to watch children. And we're going to take our country back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, it is the basics that will make the difference of what we believe lived out. That's it. And the time for talk is gone. And the time to help those suffering, help those in need, some gal came on our social media. I found out the backstory. She only told me, didn't want to, yeah, yeah, a, a, a single mom because she was a widow. And I just kind of dug into it. I felt the Lord press in. And definitely, you know, come from a good church background, but when her husband died, that kind of dried up. Got her mom, who was developing Alzheimer's, moved to a different state to be able to afford to buy a small house. Out of work now because of the COVID. Can't leave her children with her mom because of Alzheimer's. And guess what? She never asked for a thing. I said, what is that? You know why she contacted me? She said, where are the men that can help me with my son? 
I don't want them to become feminine. I want them to have masculine qualities and know how to change a tire and shoot a gun and help people and whatever, right? I said, hey, we'll fly you and your son out here to our training center. We have a leadership training center in Colorado, and we will teach him some manly stuff. <laughs> She's like, oh, my gosh. And then you know what? I asked her privately, you got any credit card debt? And she very embarrassingly said, this is, she goes, I'm having to use a few cards just to make it. I said, my mom was single. I get it. I said, I, I think God wants us to help you with your bills. And the ministry paid all of her credit card off. She owes nothing now. And that, <laughs> hey, that's just easy. That's easy. You give people an opportunity, that's easy. We should be taken care of. Look, I'm going to close this thing up a little bit. We've abdicated too much of the U.S. government that should be the, the church. We put too much emphasis on what our government can and can't do. There's a place for government, but my goodness, it ain't the answer. Do you understand? Uh, and I get accused of being, you know, mixing religion and politics in a way that's weird, or I think because, I, you know, I voted for Trump, and I told people, yeah, I get, you know, accused of making him my savior. I'm like, you don't know me. I mean, if Trump opened up a church right down the road, I wouldn't be going to it. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm good. <clears throat> I'll be right here, Pastor Greg Denham's church, right here, uh, getting fed. Do you understand? But you're not too old. Some of you gray hairs, you're not too old. The power of prayer. Look at me. Look at me. I've been in Iraq and seen militias of regular people, men, running across a field to free a village taken captive by ISIS. It was like a movie from a, I mean, they were, it was a war chant, and they were yelling, running across this battlefield, engaging the enemy. We're on this side coming down, running down, limping <laughs> down. <clears throat> I've seen, I've seen men with no skill but heart die, fighting for what they believe. I felt young men who had a whole life ahead of them, never had great training, but charged headlong toward the enemy and be killed by a, a vehicle explosion. And I'm carrying them back. trying to get the blood off my hands with sand because there ain't no water. I've seen Christians suffer real persecution of which we have not here in this country. But it's coming. And it should. Because that's how the church is going to be purified. You need to learn to take up your sword, not to impress people, but to use it, the Word of God. And be ready to help anybody in a time of need, regardless of what they believe, what they don't believe, whether they fit. Whether 
I'll say this. We've developed a self-righteous, arrogant position as Christians, both with being extreme in our views and demonstrative on people and justifying it, and being passive and weak-willed and spineless. It's still the same. It's not going to be fruitful on either side and bring glory to God. But it sure makes that. People tell me about Muslims. They're like, how can you? You know, uh, How many of you led to the Lord? How many of you preached to? I said, well, I'm not really good at it first, but I've seen God work in a lot of their lives. I close on this integrity. Meow. Should have got a cat. Plus. Uh, one of my one of my closest friends and bodyguards and colleagues in Iraq is Muslim. When I brought my family there for a summer, remember? Camp Iraq? The other Christian camps were full. Um, <laughs> we needed help with the babies we were recovering and stuff. It was a lot of work. But I never forget looking at his name, Hassan. And I said, Hassan, my family's here. I know you have little girls. I know you have children. So look at me. And I got this close to him. I said, if ISIS finds out you're working for me, are you going to turn on me and turn me and my family over to them? Because it happens all the time. That's real. He looked at me and said, and I was watching his eyes dilate, the pulse rate on his neck, and tears started coming out of his eyes. And I didn't know what to think of it until he spoke. And he looked at me as a Muslim talking to a Christian and said, I'm young enough to have more children. I can never have another one of you. With tears streaming down his face, I will die for you and your family and I'll even sacrifice if they took one of my kids to keep you alive because I can have more children but I can never have another one of you. If you die, there is no replacing you. That's integrity. That's honor. That's courage. We need it. We need it in the church. We need men to be men of their word. And men, stop messing around. Get serious. Quit being made impotent by porn or lies. Start living a life that God has called you to. And look, some of you younger folks, especially, I just had a conversation the bar has been moved so low that I know young men 
in ministry, very popular, that look at me and can't take a stand on sin. They can't. And I'm like, are you telling me that's not sin? I mean, I was specific about one sin because of some challenges. And it was like, so, not? How about this? Sexual sin? Any sexual sin outside of marriage is a sin. The Bible says it. You don't, you don't like me? Fine. That's what God wrote. Marriage. The bed is undefiled. And a preacher, a young preaching man, won't address it. I'm like, wow, you believe murder's a sin? Just joking. I'm joking. I joke. I joke. But it's funny how we pick what's right and wrong. Adultery, fornication, cowardness, gluttony, gossip, slander. Are those stuff in the Bible too? Or do we just focus on certain things? My gosh. God so loved this world and gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For you to believe in Christ, that means to cling to, to rely upon and trust in. It's not just with your mouth. It, you, the change of your heart will represent a changed life. That's it. Am I talking about perfection? No way. But I am talking about the direction of your life will change. You don't have peace? You suffer? Of course you will. Without you coming into a relationship with your maker, through his son, Jesus Christ. When I tell my friends, well, you know, I believe this, I believe that, I go, all I know is my, my surety of salvation is in Jesus. That's what I believe according to the Bible. I do a new radio show, I interview people, and at the end, the last question I ask everybody, when you die, what's going to happen? And why do you believe it? And I've heard all kind of crazy things, and guess what? I don't even try to correct them because they're a guest. I just go, thanks for sharing that. Then I have others go, what do you believe? I, I'll tell you. In, in humility but confidence, it's in the person of Jesus Christ. You must be born again. That is his words. And that's why Jesus' love is for those who suffer, those who are lost, those who need peace. Right? Everybody everybody well let's pray lord i pray for everybody god if there's anyone here that doesn't know you in a personal relationship and your holy spirit is actually speaking to them on that even now i pray they would simply acknowledge that they're separated from you because of their sin and i pray by a little grain of faith they would realize the cross actually is that representation and work that was done to reconcile them to you, to the Father. It's the cross. If you're here today and you say, Victor, I don't know Jesus Christ in a personal way, would you just pray for me? I, I need to get born again. I know something's missing. I've never been able to put my finger on it. You could be good. You could be religious. You could be bad. You can be wicked. It doesn't matter. We're all the same at the foot of the cross. 
in need of a Savior. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Just look up at me in my eyes so I can see who you are. If you're looking at me in my eyes and I know that's you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good. If you looked up at me, just say this prayer in your heart. Say, Jesus, please forgive me. I recognize my need for you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I surrender my life to you. All that I am, all that I hope to be, I surrender to you. Thank you for being my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, y'all. Well, thank y'all for the opportunity to come here and visit. We have a table set outside and uh, out front with some resources. If, if you don't follow us, but you want to know how to in our ministry and things that we're doing, got to put your name on the email list. We'll send you an email every week asking for lots of money constantly. <laughs> Just. I say what others don't, but they think. No, we, we try to keep people updated. Our biggest asset is 200 million people that follow us on social media that we reached last year that are prayer warriors, that are prayer warriors. Things are getting done that should never be. It's amazing. Holly, we're getting a new house. Why? Because we have so many kids that are being pulled out of sex trafficking, monsters that rape kids. We've got little bitty ones. If you want to visit with Holly, feel free to. But we'll be definitely taking groups over there to minister. And, you know, I'll just say this. Many of you want to do great things for God and exploits. Look, the, the great things, it's whatever God calls you to do. Stay in your lane and run with it, right? I, mean, I had one guy come up to me. He goes, I'm about 40 pounds overweight. I don't know how to shoot, but I got a bow and arrow. What do you want me to do? I was like, <laughs> Take long walks with your wife, get on Jenny Craig, and read the Bible. <laughs> I, I got Delta operators that are uh, on my teams. We're good, man. Pray, though. I appreciate your Brahmin hoodness. Uh, so what is God calling you to do to help us? Only he can tell you. But uh, we appreciate y'all so much. We love you. And thanks for the opportunity to be here, Pastor. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.